Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today we are going to fight the leaf blowers and weed whackers and probably a trash truck or two outside of my apartment to do a solo podcast episode. I hope everyone is enjoying the season up to this point. I am really enjoying the repeat episodes. Those have been something I've been looking forward to this whole time because there are through lines that we can see in a lot of these interviews and creatives themselves. And I personally needed some of these reminders in my own life. Today's podcast episode is actually based on some of those things that I saw repeated over and over in these episodes with repeat guests. And we are going to really get into what the long game actually means. And I'm also going to kind of dive into my teaspoon of hope theory if you guys have not heard that yet. Before I go into this, I want to let you guys know these solo episodes, I do them every single week on the Patreon. If you haven't checked out the Patreon yet, it is linked in the show notes of here. I am a very active Patreon user. It's not like some random group that just (laughs) exists. I post solo episodes in there every single week. So if you like this kind of format, if you like a solo episode, go check it out. The lowest tier starts at $8 and it goes up from there. And there's tons and tons of extra content and other things we do as well as study hall groups and small group sessions. And there's there's just tons of stuff in there. And next year we're going to do a bunch of pop-up classes. Anyway, it's super active. So if you love a solo episode, go check it out. So let's get into what I mean when I say the long game. And first, I want to talk about why am I talking about this? Why does this matter, Sam? I just want to book a job, or I just want to get an agent, or I just want to get a fucking audition. And I hear you. I fucking hear you. But I was so inspired by this season's guests because they are maintaining their presence in this business year after year. And that, to me, is the ultimate goal. I want to be able to do this art form for the next 50, 60, 70. I want to be carried off of set because I want to be here working because it doesn't really feel like work, right? Some days it does. But this is our dream. This is our passion. And we want to keep doing it. It's something we would do for free. And some of us do it for free sometimes. I also wanted to talk about this because Once I adopted the mindset of the long game, it took a lot of pressure off of me as an actor to book every single thing or to get it all right. Because when you look at the grand scheme of a career, there is no one thing. There is no getting it right. It's just lesson after lesson, moment after moment. And that's what I want to build to. So we are going to really break this down today. When I say long game, and if you have taken my working actor workshop, you have heard me repeat this time after time after time. When people hear the word long game in terms of an acting career, they often think it means mapping out a big career, like building from co-star to guest star to series regular or from indie film to studio film, et cetera, et cetera. Small roles up to bigger roles, more lines every time, bigger growth. And That's part of it, yes. That's also something that you do as you build a career and with your team, seeing the big picture of where we are going, what things we want to accomplish. 
But when I really say long game, what I mean is breaking it down to three specific things that we are going to really dive into today. Those three things are number one, maintaining the love of the work. And we will get into why that is easier said than done Two, the ability to pursue the work continuously and three acceptance of the process and release of the expectations. Now, listen, there is a chance I'm going to listen back to this podcast in five to 10 years and think Sam of 2022 had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. And she actually had no idea what the long game was. I have only been in this business professionally for 11 years now. So sure, that is an option. An actor who's listening right now, who's been pursuing this career for 25 years might look at me and say, no, that's cute. That's, that's what you think that is. But for today, we are going to roll with my expectations of those three things. And we are going to kind of get deeper into each of them. So let's get started. First things first, when I say maintaining the love of the work, this seems easy, right? Of course, we love this job. We love acting. We love creating. We love working on a script and being a character. We pay to be in classes to do this, let alone get paid for it. Of course, we love it. It seems like the easiest thing. But the longer you're here, the more the fog lifts of what the industry is, the more you see behind the curtain and see what the active steps to do this in a paid position actually look like. And you have to decide if you still love it. Because when you get on a set, it doesn't always feel like you're building a beautiful thing. Not every day feels like you are creating a masterpiece. Some days you're going to fight with your colleagues. Some days the director might not understand what you're doing. Some days you might not understand what you're doing. And sometimes you blink on set and the whole day is gone and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck I just did, right? When when we take away the Hollywood shine of it all, it, it breaks down to something that is very different. So do you love the work? Can you maintain that love with what actually happens on sets. I'm specifically talking in terms of film and television. Obviously, if you're an actor who does theater, this is the same. The rehearsal process can sound so inviting, but then when you actually get into it and what is expected of you and your lifestyle, it does ask different things of you. And when I say love the work, I get it. Listen, not every day. You're allowed to not like it sometimes, but it is like having an incredible relationship with a husband or wife or significant other of any kind. Some days I don't really like you, but I still love you. At the end of the day, you still have to love it. That being said, there are a few ways that I've really witnessed people taking care of their love of this career. One of which is searching out sources of art. This could be going to see a play. This could be writing your own play. This could be putting up a show or making a short film or participating in a 48-hour film fest. You're going to hear this in some upcoming actors' interviews. They talk about the things that they have brought back into their lives that they thought they were done with, that they thought they were no longer doing that type of work, but they needed the inspiration and the creativity and they needed to foster the love of this work. So reaching out and searching out and finding your own sources of what the art is for you. This also could mean 
taking a different class or changing up your style or taking a break from a class in order to go garden for a month. Do you know what I mean? Just searching out sources of art to keep you excited. This also means some of our favorite homework, like watching movies, like sitting down and really diving deep into award-winning movies and shows or things that just inspire you, taking scenes from something you've loved and taking it to your coach and saying, I want to work on this because this gets me going. That is searching out the love of the work because like I said, some days on a set don't necessarily fill that void. So we have to be responsible for filling it ourselves. Another way I often see people care for their love of the work is being willing to have a beginner mindset. Nothing shuts us down faster in the creative world than having decided that we know exactly what we're doing. Because as artists, our goal is to be open and to be receptive. We can have opinions and we can interpret things and how we see them and we can put that best foot forward, but we also have to come to play. And if you've ever worked with an actor who was kind of shut down or kind of jaded and had lost touch with the magic of the process, they will make your work feel not fun. I know some actors who have been on sets recently who have been around actors who've been playing this game for a long time and it was not necessarily a fully positive experience because the actors they were working off of were not really having a good time. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, right? You never know what's going on in someone's life. But the more you can come to something with a beginner mindset, whether it's a new class, whether it's a new teacher, whether it's a workshop you signed up for, or whether it's a new set, the more fun and happiness and joy you can find in terms of the art. And I do strongly believe that is a way that people nourish themselves creatively. Also, working with, for money or not, people who make you excited. That is a huge one. Working with your friends. This is why people in Hollywood hire their friends, which we'll get to in a little bit. But You want to work with people who excite you, who bring joy to this. And let me tell you, you know what they're bringing? A beginner freaking mindset. So that loops back around to my previous point. But truly, truly, it is so important to have people around you you're excited about. This can also mean as simple as having a reader for your self-tape who is an actor you love working with. Sarah Tomko comes back later this season talking about her latest episodes of Resident Alien, and since then, she and I have started working together, and we film self-tapes with each other occasionally, and it is just so fun to have a different vibe of an actor around and someone who sees it differently than me. And I get excited to film things with her, whether they're hers or mine. It is such an enjoyable process. And that to me really nurtures the love of the art. So to sum up that point, I believe maintaining the love of the art is the number one thing that will keep this longevity rolling in terms of staying in the business. So I'm packing for a trip right now, and the first thing that went on my packing list was my Movo iVlog kit. This is the kit that you've seen me mention a thousand times on Instagram. It's the easiest possible self-tape setup on the go. It comes with a light, it comes with a stand, it comes with its own microphone. It is so simple and is all compact. It even comes with multiple lenses for your iPhone. I am not kidding you when I say I was such a fan of this kit. I reached out to Movo immediately and I said, hey, I don't need a discount on this personally, but can I have a discount? 
discount for my listeners? And they said, hell yes. And they wanted me to put it in this podcast today. So there is a link in the show notes. If you guys click on it and use the code OBA15, you will get 15% off your purchase. Now you can use that to buy the iVlog kit. You can also use it to check out their brand new WMX2 series dual channel wireless microphone system. They sent me this and you guys, I am so freaking excited to test it out. You will see me testing this on my Instagram this week and it is a completely wireless microphone system that plugs directly into your iPhone. And for you purists out there, there is also a connection kit that works with a camera as well. Movo specializes in audio, video, and photography gear, and they are committed to making innovative and reliable products that are actually accessible for creators. So they're not going to cost 10 bajillion dollars for you to get one product. We all know the creators are on a budget and we got to work with what we can. Movo gets that, but they also want you to have the best products possible. I love the way they price their products. I love the stuff they have available to us. Click the link in the show notes. And anytime you go to Movo, don't forget to use code OBA15 to save 15% off any purchase. And you guys, go get the iVlog kit. Come on, we're all going to travel for the holidays soon. Put it in your bag. Okay, back to the show. Next up, consistently being able to pursue the work. This is where your money and time really come into play. So as you go on in this career, there will be less and less people in your given category because that's how life works. We saw a lot of people leave this business in the pandemic. I've watched a lot of friends who decided they no longer were enjoying this part of the art. I've watched them go have families or decide to stay and raise their kids in LA and continue the pursuit. I have watched people get tired of Los Angeles and change markets, but whatever it is, as you get older, there will be less people in your category. I think there's a famous George Clooney or Tom Cruise or one of those famous white guys talking about how they stayed in this business. Maybe it's Harrison Ford. (laughs) Just one of those white guys. This is horrific. They're all incredible actors. And he was asked, how did you do this? And he was like, I just stayed and all of my friends quit. And that's true. And no shade to anyone who changes up their lifestyle because I believe that in and of itself is powerful because you are finding a way to make your world happier. So if this business is no longer for you at some point in time, I freaking get it. It's hard. It feels damn near impossible most of the time. And so I completely understand. I feel zero concern for anyone who decides they want to step away from this industry when they have truly spent time thinking about this process and have made a very educated choice for themselves and their lifestyle. But that being said, it is a bit of a gift to those of us who can stick around and stick it out that as we get older, there will be less people in our necessary category. That being said, those who stay for this long game, yeah, like you who are listening right now, are now going to have years of experience behind them, meaning you have to consistently up-level your skills and keep your tools sharp. You guys heard in Audrey's episode where she talked very openly about the cost and the time, energy, and money of pursuing this art at the level that she is at. Not only do you have to be able to constantly do it, you have to be able to afford it, and it is not cheap. It is easier, I think, when you first get here and first get to LA, especially if you're in your teens or your 20s, 
and the expectations are a little bit different. But as you get older and as you get bigger and better opportunities, you have to get better. I am currently in a phase of my work where I realized how much I needed to up-level my work, and it is expensive. It is costly, and it is very taken of my time. Do you have a lifestyle in which you can continue to pursue this? Oh, and something about life as you get older, it constantly gets more expensive. (laughs) People are having weddings. They're going on big trips, life and health concerns, maybe the health of taking care of others in your life. Some people have kids. Some people take care of their parents or another family member. It gets more expensive the longer you're here. The price of keeping up with life is so hard, and it's also when being an actor stops being cute a lot of the time. When you are in your early 20s or teens or even late 20s, you can say to your friends, yeah, I'm an actor, even though you haven't necessarily done a lot of work they've seen, and it's cute, it's whatever. Sure, yeah, she's an actor. As you get older and your friends all have kids, have big expensive lives, have mortgages, have houses, have vacation houses, and you are still pursuing acting, but not having the resume of which is expected of you by the general population to have the actor label on you at a given age, it gets harder. It's really hard when you look around and you realize you're the only person in your friend group who still lives in an apartment. This business does not give a shit. <laughs> no, it really doesn't care. It doesn't care how long you've worked, how hard you've worked. It only matters per project. And if we can accept that, which we'll get into in the next point, and continue to do this regardless of the pressures of outside expectations, that in and of itself has to be a huge victory. So can you consistently afford this in terms of finances and in terms of taking on the pressure of expectations from others as you get older in the business? I do not think this is spoken about enough. It's real. It's happening. And you have to be ready for it. Also, this connects back to point one in all of this. It still has to be a love. You still have to find the joy, which is easier said than done when dealing with finances and outside expectations and all the other shit that's going to happen in your life. It is easier said than done. So you really have to constantly cultivate this lifestyle. That means, by the way, how your jobs fit into your day-to-day life. Do you have financial backing in order to work this job that doesn't pay you back potentially ever or for years and years, but also continuously afford to up-level your work? Can you do self-tapes in your day-to-day life consistently and turn them around and have them be magnificent? Can you continue to meet new people and be out in the world and experience art and put yourself in all these ways? Now, not every day has to be an expensive day. Not every day do you need to do 10 hours of actor work. You know I am vehemently against that idea, but you do have to be in pursuit And it is expensive and it is costly and time consuming. And all that being said, you have to keep a happy, open mindset while doing it. And this is not easy. It's not easy. And the older you get in this business, the harder I feel like it becomes to maintain if you are not consistently revamping your lifestyle to fit all of these things. So can you consistently pursue the work into your 30s, into your 40s, into your 50s? 
something to think about, right? The side jobs you have right now, if you needed to have them when you were 50 years old, would you be okay with that? If not, are there things you can start to think about and journal on and work on and skills you can up-level and ways you can change your life so that you can continue pursuing inconsistent actor work into those years? That is something I am currently grappling with, and I'm excited that I feel like I'm finding that, and it's not been easy, and I'm not done with that fight yet. Maybe I'll never be done, but we'll see. And then lastly of all of these points is acceptance of the process and release of the expectations. If I had a dollar for every actor who told me, yeah, you know, I tried it. It just, it just didn't happen for me after about five years of their career, I would probably not need to have a Patreon group or any other side job, to be quite honest. I feel like that four to five year mark is where people start to look back and see actually time has passed. And they have pursued this career in all of the avenues they thought possible. And still, quote unquote, nothing has happened. If you could fast forward another 15 years, you would realize that actually a bunch of stuff has happened. You just can't see it where you're sitting. And that idea that the career just didn't happen for you after such a short period of time as five, maybe even 10 years, that's not enough time to get somewhere, guys. So when I say setting yourself up for things like financial and physical responsibility, I mean for like 20 years, not for five. Can you accept this process and release the expectations? This is a truly long process. And like I said, I have only been professionally working for 11 years. That is a blip on the radar of my life, I hope. And the longer I'm here, the more I realize I am here for as long as it takes. And like I said at the top, when I accepted this, when I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm doing this. There's no stopping it. That's fine. It released me of the need to book the job. Of course I want to book the job. And of course I still feel pressured to book jobs all the time. But I still had some release that even if I don't book this next job, whatever that is, I'm still going to be here. I'm still an actor. I am releasing my expectation of what I thought this would look like. You know, like I said, the longer you're here, the more people you will know, which is in and of itself an epic gift. It makes this world so much smaller. It makes it better and it makes it worse because you're going to watch people who you thought you were quote unquote ahead of succeed and they may or may not bring you with them. You're going to watch people that you had in your acting class where you were old hat and they were brand new and they will perhaps book past you. It's nothing about you. It's just the way this job goes. Like I said, it doesn't give a shit about your timeline. Hollywood does not care. You'll meet some people along the way who care and they care a lot and you will follow those people. You will watch your friends succeed. I'm watching some of my friends be showrunners and writers of epic movies and it is incredible and thrilling. And sure, Along the way, they might throw me a bone and toss me a role that I might not have gotten before. That is awesome. But we have to release the expectation that our timeline will follow anything we thought it would. I truly thought that by the time that I was 30, I would have so much work under my belt, I would be undeniably a working actor. I have to remind myself that I am a working actor every single day. I have to stand in that light and own it, even if I haven't been on set in a year. And that is really hard to do really hard to do when you have friends who are at the Emmys. 
So if you can release your expectations and re-release them constantly, it will help you. Also, if you are new to this business, I don't want this episode to make you feel sad or feel like, oh, fuck, this is not going to happen. I guess I better back out now. No, it's magical because it makes every victory feel that much stronger. But the expectations I had when I was younger, I had to, and this is something I'll talk about in a future episode, but I had to have like a funeral for what I thought this was going to look like. I have not graced the cover of magazines. I am not getting my Cosmo cover photo. I am not, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't done yet. Maybe it'll happen one day, but my expectation of that was holding me back in terms of what was possible with what I had to work with. One role does not necessarily lead to another in the way we'd like it to. Michelle Meredith had a great episode last season where she talked about all of the work you do is for something, even if you don't know it. And if you haven't heard that episode, you should go listen to it. But I strongly believe that's true. It just might not be in the way you pictured it. This audition might not lead to this audition, might not lead to this booking. It's not necessarily that linear. And so if we let go and release that hold that we have on that idea, it frees us up a lot more to enjoy this process. There is a solo podcast I have previously in, I think it's season three. We will put it in the show notes, but I did a podcast on what I thought this career would look like. No, it might be sooner. I think it was season six. (laughs) Wow. They all tend to run together guys, but I did a podcast on what I thought this career would look like. And I truly had a vision and it's not what it is. But that's okay because I'm having such a great time and everything that doesn't work out teaches me something I needed to know. It has solidified my pursuit of this career in a way that might not have happened if I had early success. So go back and listen to that episode because that'll be more about that. But when we release these expectations, it doesn't make us lazy. I want to put a big asterisk on that because we tend to think that if we we have to hustle and we have to push and push and push and it has to be this way, it has to go this way, I have to manifest it to look like this. But if we can want those things, we can, we can still work hard and enjoy our life at the same time and release the hold that we have on this process. And it's a lot more fun And we find a lot more joy in it. I also want to put a big bow on the end of this by sharing with you guys my teaspoon of hope theory. And I talked about this recently in a Patreon podcast episode, but it is the thing that powers me a lot of my bad days and a lot of my good days too. And it goes like this. I just need a teaspoon of hope in some capacity to continue on. Sometimes a teaspoon of hope looks like a callback. Sometimes it looks like a booking. Sometimes it looks like meeting with a director and them saying, oh my gosh, you're perfect for this movie I'm making. Is that movie ever going to get made? I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've sat at a Roma cafe in the Valley and someone has told me they're going to put me in their movie. Probably at least 10. But those have given me a teaspoon of hope to continue, to continue the pursuit, to continue the work, to stay ready, to be constantly up-leveling my work and be in the game because I believe that something is coming. Like I said, a lot of the time it doesn't actually work out and it doesn't turn out the way I thought it was going to, but it is just enough. It is just that teaspoon of hope to keep me in the game a little bit longer. And that 
is my magic. That is what I can do. And sometimes a teaspoon of hope is a message from you guys saying, hey, I listened to your podcast and right after I booked this job or right after I signed with an agent or something like that, that to me tells me that I'm doing something purposeful. And that is a teaspoon of hope for X amount of weeks. If you can find your own teaspoon of hope in this business to keep you going because the days are long and the years are fucking short and sometimes time passes in an instant and you feel like you've been in the same place in your career for a long time. If you can find your teaspoons of hope to stick it out just a little bit longer until you get that next teaspoon of hope, it will fuel you to stay in the long game. I really hope this was helpful to you guys. I hope I didn't scare anyone off. (laughs) Somebody probably already turned off this podcast. I don't mean this to be negative. I mean it to be a space of joy and a space of acceptance for all of us because like I said, I've only been here 11 years, but in those 11 years, I have seen sides of this business that I love and sides that I hate, but I still will be here working. And I hope that I am listening back to this podcast in five years for season 15, 16 of my podcast and thinking, I'm so glad that I got the teaspoon of hope I did on that particular day. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate all of your ratings and reviews. Your reviews, by the way, are a lovely teaspoon of hope for this podcast. (laughs) If you guys are not following One Broke Actress on Instagram, do that. Make sure you are on the email list that is linked in our show notes because we are sending out lots of good emails this year, including lots of stuff with all of our repeat guests and tons more content. And man, there's just so much stuff going on at One Broke Actress. It's keeping all of us very, very busy. You guys know you can always find me here or at onebrokeactress.com. And thank you for being a part of my teaspoon of hope. I will talk to you next week. 